0: Hello, I'm James Andrew Sands, the director of the Mobile Ace community, and you're listening to Digital Alchemy. Today, I'm with Robin Gregory, the CEO of Mobile Ace, and we're discussing her work and adventures on the beautiful Caribbean Peninsula of Belize. This is a verbal case study for transformation, the problems and the solutions. Robin, you've been into some interesting areas for work. We were talking earlier about ecotourism and your adventures in transforming a Belize dive resort and or a syndication of more than one on the peninsula. Tell me what it was like working in Belize in 2001.
1: Yeah, well, what a wonderful but strange trip it was. Placencia Peninsula in Belize, 2001. Well, this should shed some light. It had just become a driving destination. While the owner and I flew in by jet to Miami and then took a six-seat Cessna-type plane to the peninsula, You could finally travel by car from Belmapan, the capital, to the resort in three hours, and from Belize International Airport in about three and a half hours. But that was only to the paved cutoff of Hummingbird Highway, which ended at the peninsula's entry. And that was only in 2001. Before that, it was mud roads for 60 miles that were often impassable due to weather. American Airlines had started providing a direct connection to Belize, so there were no more overnights from Europe anymore in Miami, which was a big tourism draw. And now Europeans also were coming to work there. U.S. Air was already direct from Charlotte and expanding their city's nonstop flight schedules to Belize. And locally, Mayan Air, which was owned by Belizeans, the Banana Empire family, had just upgraded all their planes and the small landing strips so that the Cessna flights were safer. And Tropic Air came on the scene, which was American-owned, so you could finally have a choice to take that smaller trip into the center of Belize as well. I used to write emails on the six-seater um, going over the ocean and the plains, which was beautiful to my kids. And I would open with this line, Right now, mommy is being Ellen Wildner when she was landing in Cartagena in Romancing the Stone. Um, We all watched that movie together and it was true. Uh, Belize was a third world country in 2001. They had just privatized to a Mexican telephone company to switch from analog to digital. So they graduated to the seven digit system that year. And only because MCI had bought into the local market could you transfer your cell phone at Belize International when you arrived? Still, if you left there and didn't transfer, there was nowhere else that you could have it done. And satellite internet was not yet legal in Belize in May of 2001. So working in Belize was different than any other place I had worked before.
0: What was daily life like for the people who lived on the peninsula?
1: Water. Was one cent per gallon, so rainwater was collected, and desalinization processes were normal, a normal part of life for homes and restaurants, and of course, all the resorts. Typically, um the trash company charged quite a bit of money, so most burned their trash, not a healthy choice, but necessary. And the locals often avoided using electricity. If I recall correctly, it was around forty two cents a kilo hour. So they were in favor of torch and fire pit lighting on the outside and they used whatever means they could sparingly for the inside. You, you saw a lot of open roof concepts to allow light in. And the labor force there was built in from its surrounding villages or, or from people who crossed the border to get away from the Guatemalan or the Honduran poverty or to get away from the Sandinistas.
0: So what type of business was the labor force involved with? How did the people make their living in Belize?
1: Well, ironically, in 2001, the government was actually in the real estate business selling K's to private investors for use in conjunction with their resorts. That was a beautiful, lush island off the coast where you could go and enjoy a number of different activities and sometimes stay. Also, a large international company had taken up the slack around the sailing aspect of that by putting fleets of boats into the water and then hiring local guides who provided those catamaran tours and sailboat excursions and acted as water taxis from resort to resort. This became a very big business. And Belize, because it's a most favored trade country in Central America, and I think it still is, that's famous for their climate and pristine views both inland and on the coast. It was mostly peaceful, upbeat work that you saw occurring and happening there.
0: Describe the differential of Belize from other Caribbean destinations.
1: Well, I'll do that, James, by describing Belize, and you can determine the differential. I can see one large one, though. Picture white, sandy beaches and the gorgeous turquoise water— Yet black shoals that border the coastline, which is often rocky with spectacular deep water caves and running parallel and close to some of those caves, is the largest barrier reef in the Western Hemisphere. I went snorkeling off of Rangwana Cay and it, it was just fantastic. Belize is like an underwater sanctuary for divers and snorkel adventurers. And it was just being discovered by retirees and tourism in 2001 when I arrived. So it was pristine and and virtually untouched. Whale sharks were the big draw, gorgeous, peaceful, but huge creatures that ate plankton and migrated um, off the coast of Belize only on the full moon. And I think I want to say in May every year. Agriculture, meaning shrimp farming, bananas, mango, and papaya, as well as furniture and sugar, sugar sugarcane, all were main exports. Guides led naturalists through the rainforest and biologists studying marine life to the coral reefs. They were out and about as part of the landscape, as well as tropical researchers who were doing. Their uh, studies on the snakes and indigenous animals to Belize, and the Mayan ruins brought the archaeologist in, and eco came in droves for the waterfalls, the bird watching, screaming monkeys, the green iguanas, the very large crabs you found on land, riding horseback on the beach, and zip lining through the canopies. The interests were very varied, so. I think the differential was that you could not tell sometimes those at work from those at play. People went from tropical and lush rainforests, to jungles, to jaguar preserves, to waterfalls, to butterfly breeding farms, or riding stables. Oh, and there were spectacular fishing flats. Belize is well known for its tarpon and bonefish, which offer both fly fishermen and a whole area of sports fishing, a chance to cast. The different types of fishing in the same area, I think really um, is a, a big benefit to Belize. Also the waterways, the inner and the outer lagoons. Some of them were man-made, but most of them natural. And they led to a state-size homes or a palapa would just come out of nowhere that was a bar that would be near a resort or be close to a boat dock. These waterways too were lined with what we call mangrove trees. And when you took in the view by boat or by seaplane, you actually could watch the playground and home of the manatees with tropical birds flying above them, all different colors and other wildlife indigenous to the area coming out of the lush greenery. It was, it was just a beautiful sight.
0: What about wellness? Isn't Belize visited for the practices that exist there that promote wellness?
1: Yes, James, thank you. An entirely different approach to Central America, but a very popular one was going there to relax and remove stress from your mind and your body to increase your health and well-being, as you mentioned. Visiting one of the many spas and massage resorts And with the yoga retreats popping up in the area right about then more and more and more, this was very popular. And you you asked me about work, and I should have addressed government because Belize has a very young or had, when I was there, it's 20 years now, uh, a very young practicing parliamentary democracy in place. And that's because it was formerly the British Honduras, which I think is why English is still the primary language of the country with Spanish as the secondary language, and many indigenous Belizean languages and dialects following. And this made communication easier, even while transportation and infrastructure were really challenging.
0: So what did the customer demographic look like for your case study and the country?
1: Well, because Belize is approximately two hours by air from LA, and then Less time from Houston and then New Orleans, less time, and Miami is so close. It was very diverse from the United States perspective. And while one third of the land in Belize is used or is zoned agriculture, only 15% of it was under cultivation at the time I was there. So there was a lot of beautiful open space and room for development opportunities like growing papaya and ginger crops. Commercial fruit production or engaging in furniture making using specialty woods that were found locally, like bamboo and teak, and there were other hardwood varieties that were great for carving and shrimp farming. That was taking off as the country's largest growth agro currency earner. But I think by far the ecotourism was the most profitable resource the country had, so much so that the government offered tax breaks for the development of ecotourism related businesses, the hotels, the resorts, the dive shops, and this produced great interest from high-end developers and that became a predominant customer persona for the peninsula and the country.
0: So was the work you did here from a transformation standpoint just about business? What were the constraints other than the existing country constraints you talk about as part of doing business there? It involved
1: real estate from a business transformation only in the beginning, James. But because the whole area was at the edge of transforming from, well, let's talk about it like this. People that built the resorts about 10 years back as a hobby, when they were through with the hustle and bustle of life and came to start over, or to enjoy life at a slower pace, to retire, or to develop or join communities, were really ready for their next gig. They were ready to transform and hand over to the next uh, group of people that wanted to come in.
0: This business in Denver was a straight real estate transfer, and so I'm still missing the constraints and how it was outside the normal real estate transfer.
1: Absolutely, sorry, let me go right there. The constraints end up being big. They were global warming and weather interrupting plans and solutions, as well as several others. But let me start like this. Here, let me give you some background that you need. In May of 2001, the Placentia Peninsula hadn't seen a sizable storm for nearly 40 years. And then in three consecutive months, my client had major business interruption that was from personal change Due to business partnership, negative market impact from international terrorism, and then the global warming disruption of the first storm in over 40 years.
0: Wow, (laughs) that's a lot to take in. Okay, continue. I'm interested in hearing the way the story unfolds.
1: The general partner of the resort that my client was the silent partner for was murdered in the jungles of Honduras, needlessly. He was a Connecticut state trooper who had gone to Belize to get away from stress and live a peaceful life. His death was shameful. However, this event changed the mindset from a business and a life perspective for my client. And in August, when that happened, he determined that it was in his best interest to just sell and it out. But there were things that needed to be completed construction-wise, and his partner was the driver in that area. So after some interviewing, which I did initially when I got there, I made the determination that a large part of the area was really ready to shift or move out. So I recommended a solution of a syndication for local resorts, all different types, bundled, and presented to developers interested in creating a retirement community.
0: Oh, that sounds perfect. But where did Belize rank as a place to retire?
1: Well, back then, the Belize dollar pegged two to one to the American dollar. I think it still does. And the proximity to U.S. and Europe and English being the first language and for the most part, the beautiful weather made it very appealing. The biggest drawback was healthcare, and that is big, and a bit of peaceful robbery along the waterfront. But now it's ranked high. It's one of the best places to retire. And the QRP, which is called the Qualified Retiree Program, it exempts taxes on all income from sources outside of Belize, whether it's income that's earned or passive. And this is huge for retired folks. So it was up and coming. Originally, I marketed to investors and developers in the Wall Street Journal and the New York Times real estate section over the summer and set up you know, on-site views. And between then and the end of August and early September, we had already had three on-site views and had two more that were final. And then out of nowhere, 9-11 happened dead silence for international deals and travel for a while. And unfortunately, all of my clients were in New York in the finance business. We'll leave those details out because some of those are just tragic.
0: Wow. Timing is everything, isn't it, Robin?
1: Yes, James. And this timing couldn't have been worse. While we were waiting for the literal dust to settle in New York and for the United States, and I think the world to step away from shock, a Category 3 hurricane, Hurricane Iris, hit the peninsula dead on. It was October 8th. I will never forget it. The initial business transformation was now at square one, requiring asset rehabilitation and community infrastructure restoration as a priority one and a total Gen 2 strategy. The lost partnership created an even greater skills gap. It's just like digital does for the development stack. It's sudden and critical, and you have to find people that understand how to do the work in order to change. Same thing occurred. Terrorism damaged the international markets and the confidence of a nation and a world, just like the pandemic and also the you know real estate collapse between 2006 and 2008. Over the next year, we received three $1.2 million offers, but the owner felt that was low and could not see his way to sell for that price. The constraints were many, and the successes were few. This was a one, two, three knockout. I had spent a great deal of time helping to put this deal together and to solidify some transformation pieces to help it move forward for the future. But it took such a big turn that I began studying for my Series 7 to enter into the Connecticut investment market as a financial advisor or a financial planner. What I learned from this case study and apply now in every software venture to this day is how having multiple options and models for the execution of your solution is imperative to success. Some success anyway, because, you know, three of the four resorts actually sold, just not the one for my original client.
0: Which one sold, and why didn't the fourth resort sell for your client?
1: The Nautical Inn sold first, 2002. It was a fishing excursion experience, and it had a return list of guests that were worth the money that someone paid. And then Franco and Mariatta, Their place sold, which was the Lubahate. Oh, gorgeous design, my favorite place, the best food. But that was 2006 when probably the dust had really settled right before the demise in the global real estate and epidemic. And Kitty's Place, which was a Belizean owned resort that was very low key and homey and a true experience of the culture and the best location, right on Run Point with the best K, it sold last. And in 2018, Serenity either sold or a deal was made with the New York Development Fund to build a casino and marina with the Hobbs Brew Pub, a craft beer brewery that expanded to that side of the peninsula as well. Only it's 20 years later, the number of disruptions and the inability to shift mindset was just too much for one owner resort. That was a lot to take in you can see the Serenity Beach Resort Rum Point Casino and Marina under construction in a YouTube video that was taken on October 2019. My biggest concern is that the bad timing continues as there are no later versions of the development or the offering since the pandemic that began six months after that video. You know, transformation is just difficult. It really is and involves so many moving parts. This one was about resilience and mindset change during multiple major disruptions, some of them very personal to the individual. It's a lot for anyone to handle. When you're looking at solutions for varied yet optimal results and delivering creative Gen 2 solutions for infrastructure or even construction in this case, With using old legacy utilities and foundational aspects that aren't equipped to handle 21st century market demands that you need to use to succeed, this requires an entire team of people that can create an alignment of multiple purpose that synchronously come together from the perspective of multiple individuals, you will be able to mine the gaps that you might miss as just one this wasn't available for my client in 2003 when I moved out of the contract.
0: Those circumstances really do sound familiar. Transformation does have some very similar capabilities, even when they are very different types of companies and circumstances. Well, Robin, this is another interesting adventure. Um, thank you so much for joining us today, but we are out of time. I am James Andersons and you've been listening to Digital Alchemy with Robin Gregory, the CEO of Mobile Ace. today. It was about her work in the beautiful peninsula of Belize. This is a verbal case study for transformation, the problems and the solutions.